When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Alex Kalanokas, and this is the Autosport Podcast. Welcome to part two of this special episode, a travel diary to the 2022 Singapore Grand Prix and reporting on the unique time zone balancing demands the event places upon paddock personnel. Part two of this podcast will include at the end our usual post-qualifying wrap-up and a look ahead to the race on Sunday. But first I'll explain what I got up to on the first day of track action at the Marina Bay Circuit in three years, which for me is today Friday and for you yesterday. Jet lag seems to still be staying away thanks to the uh, the tactic of staying on European time. So I woke up uh, feeling nice and refreshed about 2pm in the afternoon. Uh, was then in for slightly unpleasant surprise in that it was much, much, much hotter today with the sun out. So I walked in. Uh, thankfully, I corrected my error from Thursday, walking in in what I think, think is a quite nice fetching pair of shorts. But others may disagree. There we go. Um, but I was still absolutely roasting and really, really unpleasantly sweating by the time I 
arrived in the paddock. Fortunately, I had enough time to have a little cool down, get changed into something much more work appropriate in terms of uh, the lower half coverage, full pair of jeans, uh, before I got ready for my first job of the day, which was to go down to the team car presentations. Now, potentially many of our listeners um, won't know what that is unless you've been fortunate enough to um, visit one of the pit lane walkabouts at Grand Prix events uh, so far this year. It's a new thing come in for 2022. It's enshrined in the sporting regulations that essentially says every team has to present their car in the pit lane for a good chunk uh, ahead of FP1. What they also do is they'll explain all the updates that have been brought to the car and they're not required to make sort of technical personnel or team personnel available for interviews with the media but some of the teams often tend to particularly the bigger ones just to help explain uh, in detail what what they've uh, what they've brought to each event but some of them have been incredibly busy for example this was another one Miami was absolute madness Melbourne seemed to get it right in terms of uh, not too crazy um Silverstone as well absolutely absolutely packed but some of the other events I know uh, Bahrain for example obviously much smaller scale I'll be honest with you I'm pretty sure the access to these events are for people who pay so unfortunately you won't be getting in with the uh, with the sort of general admission tickets but if you are lucky enough uh, to get access or you were willing to pay for it it is really good I think for the fans going fans to go and have a look you've got the teams doing pit stop practice which is uh, obviously very loud and noisy but you can really see the detail and the precision and just how much time they spend doing it so for example one of my jobs was to go and uh, take a photo of the new Alpine floor to send back to our tech editors to pour over um, but they were doing pit stop practice the whole time so all the action I had to wait until it was all done before I could get uh, just one little close-up shot uh, to send home but it's great if you if you were there in the pit lane you got to see Alpine practicing pit stops for 20 minutes and I think uh, you get a little bit of insight there into just how dedicated these teams are. Um, another big job uh, for the team presentation was to go down to McLaren and speak to their technical boss James Key because McLaren brought a massive update to this race. He explained it's the team's biggest of the year so far in terms of production effort and one that is primarily aimed at helping the McLaren perform better in slow to medium speed corners. Only Lando Norris running it for this weekend but obviously that's no like there's no conspiracy theory about Daniel Ricciardo leaving the team. He got the update in France before Norris did and he'll have it in Japan next weekend. Um, my other job was to take a nice picture of the AlphaTauri nose which I think I did the new AlphaTauri nose. Again send that back to base for our tech editors to have a look at. Uh, headed back upstairs to finally properly cool down uh, after that um, and obviously the big news of the day was really breaking that was relating to the potential budget cap breaches from 2021 centered on two teams but my job and that of Matt Q my lovely colleague when he's on rotation at events is to report on and analyzing the sporting action so for that sort of thing the big news stories while I can pitch in and help uh, where I can I primarily uh, on Friday left Jonathan Noble motorsport.com's F1 editor to focus on nailing that story getting all the angles all the reaction so he was working on that, the big budget cap Ferrari, and also the frankly quite worrying story broken first in the Daily Telegraph on Thursday that the W Series Championship might not complete its 2022 season due to financial issues. Uh, but while all of that was being taken care of by our news reporters, I headed trackside for FP1. Uh, this is quite frankly the highlight of my job. So the reason why I really wanted to do it, it's just uh, it's just a real honour to be able to go and watch uh, these F1 machines up close at trackside and to report what I see. Uh, um, to you, the listeners, to the readers of Autosport Magazine and Autosport.com and also it just means it helps my understanding of why certain things happen and also looking into the bigger trends of each championship. So what I did was uh, I popped on a photographer's tabard and headed down to the end, the last few corners of the track. Ended up at turn 19, looking on the outside there. Now obviously that's not, turn 19 could mean anything. We, that's why we have to spend a lot of time in our uh, uh, race reports and practice reports, things like that, describing what these corners with the no names actually look like. And basically that's the corner immediately after turn 18 obviously because it's 
turn 19 but turn 18 is the one where the cars turn under the big grandstand overlooking the sort of the, the bay front they go under the grandstand arrive at turn 19 take a 90 degree right come very very close to the wall shoot up to turn 18 which is a bit more of a chicane before closing the lap with the final two left handers really really interesting uh, place to stand although not actually that picturesque it looked rather like uh, the big grandstand in front of me it looked rather like uh, sort of uh, what you'd imagine a car park there's a car park I often see uh, in Hackney Wick it's the old uh, uh, London Olympic Games um, broadcast zone I think BT Sport are set up there now and that big car park there it's, uh, it's, it's, it's quite an industrious looking place and it reminded me of that down at turn 19 but yeah cars coming out of there the exit of turn 19, uh, Joe Guan Yu and Alfa Romeo looked like he was really struggling when came to getting the power down, whereas the two Red Bull drivers are just rotating their cars out of the, the left of turn 18 and then getting set up, ready for the right of turn 19 just so quickly. Really, really impressive there. They, in fact, they look better in FP1 than what they looked in terms of FP2, what little we saw of the Red Bulls in terms of uh, being on track with all the trouble they had there. The exit of turn 19, quite a few close calls with the wall for various drivers. And it's interesting here, I was really struck at how different this place is to, say, another uh, street track uh, that's popped up in, in recent years. Obviously, this one's been on the calendar for a long time. But, for example, Jeddah in Saudi Arabia, uh, the, the idea of calling that a street track just becomes more nonsense with every passing day, frankly. It is a purpose-built facility that just happens to have walls on the exit. It's it's smooth. There is no road markings. It's, 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 it's not a street track. It just is a high-speed circuit with walls. This is actually a living breathing city obviously that's you know I'm, I'm speaking metaphorically here and frankly it's 4 30 in the morning so i'm probably getting very carried away but it's the way the track falls away towards the wall you're never going to get that with a perfect bit purpose-built facility at least until you know potentially that the, the subsidence might cause some issues or something but you can really see how the road the actual fact it is a road here the road markings painted over makes things ever so ever so much more a challenge for the drivers so yeah, that was a lovely hour spent uh, spent watching the cars as Lewis Hamilton headed on his way to top FP1. After that was finished, I headed back to the paddock to catch up with everything else I'd missed. Obviously, when you've got just one vantage point, I do uh, get what I can from autosport.com and it's live coverage, which of course is extremely comprehensive. But you do like to go back and watch on board just to double check things that you've seen get the, and also get the full perspective of the session. After that, I covered FP2 from the media centre, watching along on the screens, uh, showing the action and the timing screens there. And after that, the session, of course, topped by Carlos Sainz. Uh, Charles Leclerc had problems, but ended up second. Max Verstappen also had problems, but ended up third. And Sergio Perez, well off the base in the other Red Bull. Uh, after that, head out into the paddock, spoke to t- various team members, gathered what information I could, went through all the interviews with the drivers, everything that I need to basically uh, piece together my main piece of work for a Friday, which is what we term very unimaginatively the Friday feature. But essentially, it's who looks strong, who looks weak. We tend to focus on the leading teams because really that's who everybody cares about. Uh, and essentially, uh, that's what we do um, every, every Friday, uh, every Grand Prix event. I won't go into the details of it here because that's not what this podcast is for. But if you want to head to autosport.com now, it's there. It's uh, in front of the paywall and it's uh, it's it's got the headline, uh, what we learned from practice at the 2022 Singapore Grand Prix. So check that out if you've got a free second and it might give even a few tips on how the race is going to pan out on Sunday. Uh, finally finished that and headed off with John Noble to have some dinner at around 1.30am leaving the circuit. We were lucky enough to walk down the track which is open and then go out through another gate down by turn uh, turn 6-7 at, yeah, at the end of the long straight 
by the raffle famous raffles hotel um, walked for a little bit longer back to towards where our two ho- hotels are located found a delightful chinese street food place that was open until 6 30 every day it claimed uh, but there we go so anyway, we enjoyed those uh, absolute perfection to unwind after a nice day uh, and then cooked various sort of little little um, little street dishes on our own sort of gas heater it was um it was all very enjoyable it was very warm it felt very yeah it just felt very very genuine very nice which really really good does however run slight risk of food poisoning if we're not very good cooks but if that does happen i'll blame john but anyway there we go i then headed back to the hotel to record all these ramblings and hopefully witticisms the time is nearly 4 30 a.m in the morning local time but actually that's only 9 30 in the uk so it sounds about like i should be heading to bed anyway looking forward to saturday qualifying day and obviously the final part of this podcast which will be coming up for you in a few seconds and as was the case in our earlier episode 24 hours for me Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello again, as promised, a short wait for you and a whole day for me. Welcome to my final entry for this special Travel Diary two-part podcast, at the end of which I'll give my thoughts on qualifying for the Singapore Grand Prix, because it is Saturday, the penultimate day of the event, qualifying, of course, topped by Ferrari's Charles Leclerc. I woke up again at 2pm here in local time here and it was absolutely hammering it down with rain. So much so that given I've had plans to walk into the track every day, I opted to stay at my hotel for a little bit longer, do the first opening little bits of work, what I could, check in emails, mainly deleting emails that come into the Autosport news desk of the press, many, many, many press releases we get. And then I decided uh, as conditions uh, improved, eased off, that's when I would nip into the track. And in fact, they were had improved so much, it was once again boiling hot very sunny going in and just for any fans anybody keeping track of uh, my leg attire walking in I opted for jeans this time because I figured uh, even going in in shorts on Friday I wasn't any cooler come the end of the walk uh, once I was there, quickly got set up in the media centre so I could cool down. But I only did that after taking a few minutes to speak to my friend and photographer, Charles Coates, who was waiting by the x-ray scanners at the paddock entrance, snapping the drivers as they arrived. We both said that we'd had the exact conversation the day before, sense of deja vu, but he certainly uh, was uh, was getting on very well. And like me, looking forward to heading inside and finally cooling down. When I was able to do that, I cracked on with a certain feature about Max Verstappen. Can't say what it is, but rest assured it will be published the moment, and that is coming at some point pretty soon when Verstappen finally seals the 2022 title it's a feature we run every year and essentially tells the story of how a title was won but anyway I promise you I'm not going to give the full title away although I'm sure you can work out the sort of thing I'm getting at 
As I was doing that, the W Series Championship had its qualifying session and here the rain came down again and it got really, really dark uh, at the track where the media centre overlooks the track. We're right above the pit lane uh, where I'm sat is just between the Red Bull and Mercedes pit boxes. And yeah, the rain was properly hosing it down. The grandstands cleared out. It looked a little bit like maybe people have been warned that there might be sort of thunderstorms in the area. And obviously in that case, you don't want to be outside and definitely not, you know, stood on big structures that might get hit by lightning or anything. Fortunately, that didn't happen. But yeah, it got very dark, very, very wet. There were a couple of incidents in that W Series session and it was multiple, multiple red flags for that one. Um, and I had planned to head outside for FP3 for the F- F1 running. Um, but basically it was the thought of going outside, spending an hour at the side of the track and not seeing anything uh, when I got could have been getting on with other work back in the media centre. However, fortunately, that proved not to be. Uh, the session uh, started on time, but obviously no action took place for the first half an hour. And then we had a very, uh, very enjoyable um, short half an hour practice session, which actually turned out to be a pretty good practice for the drivers heading into what was a wet to dry qualifying session later on. Uh, so what I did was, was I put on my Packamac black, <laughs> not very fetching, uh, waterproof, uh, put my photography tabard over that and headed off down to the track, got trackside uh, just inside turn five. The, the right-hander that leads on to the sort of the main straight in the first sector followed the, the track all the way down to the inside of what is turn three and then kept going around to the right to overlook turns uh, one and two, the pit exit, essentially, if you can picture that. Uh, when I got there, the marshals were out on tracks, sweeping away the water with brushes. There were big, um, big vehicles on the tracks sort of hoovering, sucking away, moving away the water. And eventually the action did got uh, did get underway. And it's a really, really nice place to watch, actually. I've, I've, uh, I think I've said earlier and earlier, bits of this podcast really impressed by this event I think um, if you're a fan going here it looks like one of the one of the really nice fan experiences on the F1 calendar obviously you've got the city really really close it's really not doesn't take very long to get in uh, from the city centre and when you're there you know things from, from the outside from my position obviously I'm a bit of an outsider in terms of the fan experience but from what I can see it seems to be decent vantage points and, uh, and people generally have any good time where I was overlooking turns one and two, the music did not stop. And it's really sort of quite a nice sort of stadium section overlooking there with the great big spotlights uh, and everything. And it's quite atmospheric underneath that gigantic flyover that goes over the top of turn one. While I was there, I noticed Lando Norris, once he'd got up to speed, as did the rest of the pack, he was clattering the turn one apex curbs harder than anybody else. And that was unsettling his McLaren, but didn't seem to be putting him off too much. He was also the first driver to really attack turn two and head up onto the AstroTurf that lines the track beyond that. Did have a big slide at one point uh, but seemed to put it right fairly quickly after that once he'd done that heading into the final laps and Max Verstappen was the one really attacking turn two likewise had a big slide on the Astro turf and as he did actually and a couple of times before that when he clattered the curbs quite heavily at the same point he knocked off big chunks of paint that came loose sort of white paint that was on the uh, on the curbs a few other drivers came through knocked it aside it ended up just right by the pit lane exit line uh, obviously you know was was not a particular safety issue but it was just noticeable that, that, that such things had been kicked up uh, Verstappen also at the same time held a massive slide very impressively coming through there he ended up finishing second behind Charles Leclerc in that session. Anyway, after it had finished, I was sending my updates to autosport.com for their live blog and to give my perspective, things that I see uh, when I'm out and about. Then qualifying was starting, so I was back up in the media centre, reported on that for autosport.com, sent my report in as the drivers were on the grid, which I could see just in my sort of peripheral vision, Charles Leclerc, Sergio Perez who finished second and Lewis Hamilton third, talking to the TV cameras, TV crews on the pit straight. After that, I headed straight into the press conference, which usually kicks off as soon as the drivers get back upstairs, but I did observe them going into the cool down room, which presumably was filmed for the TV cameras. Uh, I don't know if they do that for qualifying, they definitely do it for the race, of course, but anyway, they were in there. 
uh, Perez and Hamilton got changed. Leclerc stuck, stuck in his race seat. And as they came in, Leclerc was in there a bit ahead of everybody else, got showed something on a phone by a Ferrari team member that didn't seem to particularly please him. And indeed, he didn't seem very happy in the press conference. Uh, but nevertheless, nothing has come out in terms of suggesting he's lost the pole position. So we don't know what that was. But he certainly was, uh, was very pleased to have secured pole. So let's go on to qualifying. Interesting one, that. Leclerc, brilliant, quick as ever, really seemed on it from the off in a way that his teammate Carlos Sainz wasn't. But he was also quite lucky in the end because his uh, mistake, I think it was term 16, he said, on his final lap, um, meant he didn't finish that. And essentially, Perez and Hamilton were sort of the reverse. They were brilliant as well, but they were they were unlucky in that they just didn't have it on the final laps. And that meant that certainly Perez was sort of squirming at various points um, in particular Hamilton as well said he also had a little error that really cost him on his final lap because he just set a purple sector time and I think speaking to engineers at various teams afterwards it, the tyres just give up late in the final sector because there's so many so many corners of this track and that's the case on the intermediates and of course the slicks that those drivers uh, were running by the end so I think um, yeah very very challenging conditions thrilling conditions really and, and a great job by the top three Leclerc just did it better when it mattered and also when it really 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 mattered he got away with uh, a slight error there because Hamilton and Perez made their own mistakes. Arguably the bigger story, considering he's on the verge of uh, winning the world title, is Max Verstappen qualifying down in eighth and the sort of controversy that erupted around his radio messages that he sent to his Red Bull team. Essentially, Verstappen had aborted his penultimate lap, which looked like he might have put him on sort of on par with Leclerc or at least got close to him. Um, it seemed to be because he was sliding all around the place, but actually it turned out the team had told him to abort that. Such was the tra- track evolution factor. They wanted to make sure he had enough battery uh, power stored up and ready to go at his disposal for his final run but actually when he got to basically the same point that's turn 18 turn 19 under the grandstand where I was lucky enough to watch FP1 they called him off again essentially well, they were really worried he was going to run out of fuel or at least not be able to have enough fuel to provide a fuel sample which if that had happened he would have been kicked out of qualifying required to start from the pit lane so they banked what was essentially eighth position uh, Verstappen absolutely furious over the team radio didn't really hold back in his press um, press calls either his, his interviews on the TV pen and the written media mix zone at the same time now I think you could say that's not great for team morale and it's a bit of a strange thing to so publicly chastise and really really come down on your team but that just seems to be how things go at Red Bull I think they're uh, they're very on the knuckle when it comes to their public uh, messages sent between um, Giampieri Lambiesi apologies if that's horrible pronunciation I do have form for that despite my own ridiculous surname uh, but his messages to Verstappen uh, in many many races um, they're on the knuckle as were Max's today and it cuts both ways and it clearly works for them whatever they're doing they're an extremely successful team so um, so yeah you know I don't think um, I don't think Verstappen will be dwelling on that for too long in terms of my work after I'd headed back from the press conference I reported on the stewards not penalising Lewis Hamilton for continuing to wear his uh, nose stud his nose piercing which is now obviously in you know in contravening the rules that the FIA are really strictly enforcing in 2022 Uh, Hamilton not penalised because he essentially had a a doctor's note saying that his nose stud had to be in there because taking it in and out caused an infection and it needed to stay in there for that infection to heal the stewards accepted that Dr Ian Roberts the deputy medical delegate uh, to to go over that and he agreed with, uh, with the doctor's note and everything in it so Hamilton um, not penalised but Mercedes was fined 25,000 euros for submitting um, a self-scrutineering report which the teams are required to do ahead of qualifying as the teams uh, the cars aren't expect- inspected by the FIA they're inspected afterwards and obviously if things don't match or things are against the rules then that's when there can be a real problem this one obviously Hamilton spotted with the jewellery uh, in his nose Mercedes said he hadn't had it and actually the FIA stewards were quite cutting because essentially uh, Mercedes argument was well we didn't ask Lewis 
uh, the team manager didn't ask him and um, the steward said well maybe you should have asked him seem to be their findings but anyway that matter was then done and dusted so after I finished that I finally finished that uh, mysterious Verstappen feature as I said earlier and headed off from the media centre for a catch up dinner with my friend Sam who went to university with um, scarily as we were catching up earlier uh, almost a decade ago nine years it'll be ten years in 2023 uh, he works for Sky Sports, writes for their website and uh, attends uh, F1 races every now and then. So it was really, really nice to see him and catch up with him. And what we did was we headed back to that Riverside bar area where I'd had dinner on night one. Uh, the the particular bar, I said, was it was it a pub? No, probably more of a bar that we ended up in. We did, we managed to catch their last orders for food at about, uh, yeah, it was approaching 2am local time. And there were lots of revelers around, lots of people in uh, in F1 merchandise, uh, looking like they were having a good time. And I hope they did. And I hope that anyone who does come to the Singapore Port Grand Prix has a good time, as I do for anyone who attends any Formula One event. Uh, walked back from my hotel after that, got in at about 4am local time. And I really noticed that the humidity is really ratcheting up again. It was quite cool leaving the track after all the rain that had come earlier. That makes me wonder whether there's going to be more rain to come on race day. If it does, and the team certainly seem to think so, Red Bull in particular saying that, Pirelli also briefing that there could well be rain influencing the race, even if it's just a heavy shower ahead of the lights going out. That could really influence the strategy, uh, bearing in mind, you know, it's going to be critical calls in terms of timing to come in. Ferrari, look away now. Ferrari fans, uh, uh, close your ears if you have to, but, you know, they have got poor form based on what happened in Monaco. Also, of course, safety cars, um, basically a given here. There's been at least one safety car for every Singapore race. That could also influence proceedings. If for some quite unlikely reason it runs uninterrupted throughout, which is obviously a very, very long, arduous test of driver fitness in this heat and this length of race, it will likely be a one-stopper, but I would expect heavy tyre management. They are not going to be pushing throughout because, as I said earlier, the way the tyres are abused and really stressed come the end of the lap over the course of a stint they've got to bear that in mind Charles Leclerc starting on pole is the favourite certainly if he gets out of turn one ahead I think Sergio Perez's form in the other Red Bull just isn't good enough to take on um, uh, a Leclerc and Ferrari on song but Hamilton in third I think he was a bit annoyed to have missed the pole position shot, but he's probably the outside bet for a victory, considering how good he is when it comes to tyres. Verstappen starting in eighth, he will charge. At this point, he doesn't have to. He is going to win that title at some point, but you can't rule it out. Based on what we saw at Spa and Monza, he could easily win this race as well. However, if the overtaking proves to be as difficult as lots of the drivers and the teams are suggesting it will be, it seems unlikely. But whatever happens, I do hope we get a good Singapore Grand Prix tomorrow. And I do hope you guys listening along enjoy that race as well. I also hope you've enjoyed this special travel diary, something a little bit different, uh, certainly new for me. If you've got any feedback, uh, send that to our producer, Martin Lee. You can find him on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter as well, although I don't engage with, with it very much at all these days. But also, if you do want to contact me directly, my email address is published in Autosport magazine each week. I would urge you to buy that if you do want to contact me and just buy it anyway because it's a great publication. Anyway, thank you very much for listening, for putting up with my very rambling sentences. And uh, and yeah, all the best. Enjoy the Singapore Grand Prix. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is it. This is the year. Enough dreaming about growing my business online. It's time to get serious about selling in my style, as big as I want to grow, because there's nothing I can't do. It's time to get Shopify and take my business to the next level. Whoa, someone's ready to take on the new year. Oh, oh, I thought I was talking to myself there. But heck yeah, 2023 is my year. That's not your average resolution. That's a revolution. It's, it's a, a new, new year's, year's revolution. revolution. Start selling with Shopify to join the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Packed with industry-leading tools ready to ignite your growth, Shopify gives you complete control over your business and your brand. From templates that make site design simple to customizations that let you grow at your pace, this is possibility powered by Shopify. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. That's shopify.com slash free22. Go to shopify.com to start your New Year's revolution today. Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.